There's been much talk recently at the highest levels of the Catholic Church about the possibility of women deacons. And now one theologian close to Pope Francis has said that he's very favorable to the idea. Are women deacons even possible in the Catholic Church? That's what we're going to talk about today on Crisis Point. Hello, I'm Eric Sam, your host, editor-in-chief of Crisis Magazine. Before we get started, I want to encourage you people to smash that like button. Don't just tap it. Don't just hit it. Don't just press it or whatever else you might do, but actually smash it. It's the only way it counts. Also, subscribe to the channel, but don't hit the notify button because you have a life outside the internet. You don't want your phone telling you what to do. You can also follow us on social media at Crisis Mag and you at all the different social media channels. Also, subscribe to our email newsletter. Just go to crisismagazine.com, scroll down a little bit, put in your email address, and we'll send you our articles right to your inbox every single day. Also, before I get started, if you're watching this live on February 13th or in the first week in which I uh, this is up and you live near Detroit, Michigan, you can see me. Yes, that's right, me. I'm going to be giving talks at three different parishes in the Detroit area at St. Mary Queen of Creation Parish in New Baltimore, Michigan on February 20th, St. Edward Parish in, where is that, Lakeport, Michigan on February 21st, and finally at the Assumption Grotto Church in Detroit itself on February 22nd in the evening. So be sure, I, I'd love to see you there. If you live in the Detroit area, live near Detroit, please come. I'd love to see you. I'll be, like I said, I'll be talking about the topics of my book, Deadly Indifference. Actually, speaking of my talk coming up, I had actually planned to do something I hadn't done before, which is to pre-record this because I got a bunch of stuff I have to get ready before I go and, and get ready for crisis. And I just want to say it was a disaster. It was a good preparation for me for Lent because it was very humiliating, very humbling. Uh, I am a computer guy. I was a systems analysis major in college. I was a computer programmer for 15 years, worked in the internet industry during the dot-com boom, all that stuff. And I tried to pre-record this and it was a complete failure. I tried two different times. Both times it failed for various reasons. So I'm going live like I normally do. Uh, I'm going to try to get a a, a a podcast up next week uh, while I'm gone. That might be pre-recorded, but obviously, if I miserably fail again, then you will uh, then you will know when you hear nothing from me. Okay, so let's get on the topic at hand, which is transdeaconism. Okay, that's not really what it's called, but it's the idea of women deacons. So this has been percolating for a number of years now. I remember a few years ago, Tim Gordon and I actually had a bet on whether or not the church would approve women deacons within that year. I think that was like after one of the synods from like 2000, maybe 18 or 19. I can't remember now how long ago it was, maybe 2020. And it didn't happen, so I won the bet. But that doesn't mean it's not coming back for more. Uh, and so in the latest synod on synodality, there was discussion about it again. And so this has been something that's been coming up more and more. Now, recently, uh, there was a meeting of the K-9. No, that is not a police department's uh, dog division, but instead it's the nine cardinals who are, are uh, uh, the closest advisors to Pope Francis. He picked them as his closest advisors. And he had a talk. He, they had a meeting about the role of women in the church. Now, this is something Pope Francis has been talking about for a few years now. Uh, he seems to imply or indicate that 
women have not been treated properly in the church over 2,000 years. They haven't had the proper role in the church. Somehow we don't know what it is or something of that nature. I don't, I don't really know. But he, so anyway, they're having a meeting and they, they had an Anglican female bishop. And for those who are just listening, yes, I did put bishop in quotes because obviously it's not a real bishop. Uh, her name is Joe Bailey Wells. And she's a gender equality person, and she was going to talk to them. Now, why you would ask an Anglican uh, anything when it has to do with running the, the church kind of baffles me, unless you want to know how to destroy a church. Because if there's one thing the Anglican church has done, it's it's basically had an internal destruction, is particularly over the past 50 years. So I don't know why you'd ever ask uh, them how to do things, but apparently they did ask an Anglican woman bishop about the role of women in the church. But also another a Catholic sister was there, Salesian sister Linda. Her name, I'm not sure how to pronounce her last name, but it's like uh, Pocher maybe, P-O-C-H-E-R, maybe just Pocher. I don't know. But anyway, Sister Linda, she's a professor of Christology and Mariology at Rome's Pontifical Faculty of Educational Sciences Auxilium. She was there as well, and she was quoted as saying uh, that Pope Francis is very much in favor of the diaconate for women. I'll repeat that again. The sister Linda, who is who you know was at this, uh, and she's a, a professor in Rome. She seems to be close to the Pope on some level. She said that Francis is quote very much in favor of the diaconate for women. Now, let's be clear. This is secondhand information. Sister Linda could have misinterpreted what Pope Francis said. She could be kind of projecting what she thinks onto him. She could be outright lying for her own purposes. But I don't think this is a big shock to anybody. I mean, Francis has given kind of mixed signals on this over the years, but he's made it very clear he thinks the role of women should change in the Catholic Church from what it's always been for 2,000 years. And obviously, the first step of that would be the women diaconate. I also think we should be clear about something else right off the top. And that is that I think everybody knows that women deacons is just step one. Actually, it's not even step one. There's steps before it, like uh, girl altar servers. But it's one step towards the ultimate goal, which is that women could be in every ministerial role in the church, including the priesthood, including the episcopacy. We all know that the just having the one, the, the women deacons, is only one step in that process. I don't think there's anybody who's calling for women deacons who also doesn't want women priests and women bishops at some point. They might not admit it publicly, but they they do want it. So this is something, though, that that we, you know, what does it mean that we ha would have women deacons? Is it even possible to have women deacons in the Catholic Church? And I also note that our brothers and sisters in the uh, Orthodox churches, there's a debate going on in Orthodoxy about women deacons. Now, some maybe uh, orth, ortho bros, trad orthodox people might say, no, 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 we, we can't have that. And I'm not saying they can. I'm just saying there are orthodox discussions about this as well. But let's just we're going to refrain from that discussion. Only talk about in the Catholic Church. Is it even possible of women deacons? Because obviously it's being floated out there as a possibility. And if it's not possible, could we have an end around, do something else? We'll talk about that as well. So. First, I just want to make clear, let's kind of start at the high level about the idea, the sacrament of holy orders, sacraments in general. 
the first thing to remember is that all sacraments, all sacraments have restrictions on who can receive them. I say this because we kind of live in a time where it's like all are welcome seems to be the, the, the motto of the Catholic Church. Basically, there are no restrictions on anything, but that's just not the case. The sacraments, every single sacrament has a restriction on who can receive it. Now, some might say, what about baptism? Even baptism does. For example, if you've already been baptized, you can't be baptized again. That's a restriction on it. Likewise, if you're an adult and you don't want to be baptized, and you make that very clear, I don't want to be baptized, then you can't be validly baptized. If some priest pours water over your head and says, I baptize you in the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, it's not a valid baptism because you, you literally have said, I don't want to be baptized. You have to choose. You have to make a decision to be baptized. Now, there are cases in which maybe somebody dying and somebody's not sure whether or not they, but they thought maybe they could. You could try that. It may be a conditional baptism, something like that. Obviously, infants are different because the parent can choose for the child. But there are restrictions is the point. And of course, other all the other sacraments have even more restrictions on them. The number one being that you can't receive any sacrament other than baptism without being baptized first. So there's a restriction on who can receive Holy Communion, who can receive the sacrament of confirmation. All these different sacraments you have to be baptized. You can't, for example, uh, uh, can, you can't have a valid confession to somebody who's a Hindu never been baptized. So there's restrictions. And these restrictions are kind of divided up into two categories. There's the, there's the kind of, I guess you'd call them apostolic restrictions, meaning restrictions have been on these sacraments since the time of the apostles. And basically that can't, these restrictions can't change. So for example, a non-baptized person receiving a sac another sacrament, that can't be changed. Then there's also uh, church discipline restrictions. And a good example of that would be the restriction in the West on uh, communion for infants, that we restrict communion to those who have reached the age of reason and have been properly disposed towards it. Whereas in the East, an infant could receive Holy Communion. And that's a, that's a church discipline that can change. Married men becoming priests is another church discipline that can be changed. In the West, married men cannot become be ordained priests. In the East, they can. So that could be changed. But one restriction that's from apostolic times, and we'll get into this more in, in a little bit, and therefore can't be changed, is that only men can receive the sacrament of holy orders. Only men can receive the sacrament of holy orders. And so that, that's a restriction from apostolic times. It cannot be changed by the church. No pope, no bishop, no council can change that. Only men can receive the sacrament of holy orders. Period. End of story. Now, where we get into a little bit of uh, of uh, confusion, uh, nuance <laughs> for the term that most of us don't like to hear anymore, is the this idea of the ranks or degrees of holy orders. That in holy orders is different from other sacraments in that there are degrees of holy orders. In the in baptism, there's only one baptism. You either baptize or you're not. Holy Communion, it's either valid or it's not. The Sacrament of Confirmation, you either have received it or you've not. With Holy Orders, there are degrees of, of, of the sacrament. Now, and it's even more confusing than that because Holy Orders also includes, at least traditionally, it also includes uh, 
ranks and degrees that are outside of the sacrament. So, for example, at the Council of Trent, it listed seven degrees or ranks of holy orders. Now, I want you, if you're paying attention, try to pick something that you'll notice from this list. Something seems to be missing. The list at Trent includes priests, deacons, subdeacons, acolytes, exorcists, readers, and doorkeepers. If you notice, bishops aren't even listed because bishops are part of the, the rank in one sense of the priesthood, although other lists can often separate the episcopacy from the priesthood. But the point is, you notice that of these priests, deacons, subdeacons, acolytes, exorcists, readers, and doorkeepers, obviously doorkeepers is not a sacrament, the, the order of doorkeepers, or of readers, or of exorcists, or acolytes. And the distinction back in the old days was between the major orders and the minor orders. The major orders were priests, deacons, and subdeacons, whereas the minor orders were acolytes, exorcists, readers, and doorkeepers. And this often distinguished the differences that, that, the, that the individual had in the liturgy. If you've ever been to a solemn uh, traditional Latin mass, you'll notice that three different men are, are engaged in uh, celebrating the liturgy together. Often it'll be three priests, but they're actually not, they're not um, being priests, all three of them at the liturgy. One is a priest, one is a deacon, one is a subdeacon. Because remember, a priest has already received the order of deacon and subdeacon, uh, at least as they've been traditionally um, ordained and received those. And so a priest can celebrate a mass as a deacon in the traditional Latin rite or as a subdeacon. And so those were the three. But within that, although those were major orders, subdeacon was never considered a sacrament. The, the office of subdeacon was never considered a, 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 a sacrament. But a deacon, has has been considered a sacrament, although I will admit that that has been debated in the past whether or not deacon itself is part of the sacrament of holy orders. It's been basically determined it is, but there has been debate in the past. You will find certain theologians in, the, in, in hundreds of years going before who might have debated that. Now, the important thing is this is from Trent. Now, in today's church, you know, post-Vatican II with a lot of changes made, Basically, all those orders of from subdeacon on down have basically been eliminated, and now you just have three orders, and that is the orders of the episcopate, the priesthood, and the diaconate, and all three are considered part of the sacrament of holy orders. Let me pull up here uh, for you the, from the Catechism of the Catholic Church. This is paragraph 1554. This is the, the new catechism from the 1990s. It reads, the divinely instituted ecclesiastical ministries exercised in different degrees by those who even from ancient times have been called bishops, priests, and deacons. Catholic doctrine expressed in the liturgy, the magisterium, and the constant practice of the church recognizes that there are two degrees of ministerial participation in the priesthood of Christ, the episcopate and the presbyterate. Note there, we're talking about the, the, the priesthood, the ministerial participation in the priesthood of Christ. There's only bishops and priests. That, that participate in that. The diaconate is intended to help and serve them. For this reason, the term sacerdos in current usage denotes bishops and priests, but not deacons. Now, here's the key point. Yet Catholic doctrine teaches that the degrees of priestly participation, episcopate and presbyteriate, and the degree of service, diaconate, are all three conferred by a sacramental act called ordination, that is, by the sacrament of holy orders. 
Note that last part again. Catholic doctrine teaches that the degrees of priestly participation, Episcopate and Presbyterate, and the degree of service, diaconate, are all three conferred by the sacramental act of ordination, the sacrament of holy orders. So in other words, the diaconate is part of the sacrament of holy orders. The catechism makes this very clear that the diaconate is part of the sacrament of holy orders. So there is a big confusion here. Let's be honest, because there's different ways that these orders are divided up. Historically, traditionally, and today, you have the priest, the priestly ministry, which is the priesthood and the episcopate. You have the major orders, the, the priesthood, the, the diaconate, and the subdiaconate, and the minor orders, the other ones. You have the different orders, and, and, but the sacramental ones and the non-sacramental ones. So let's be honest. There is, it can be a bit confusing. But the catechism today makes clear what has always been taught, which is that, and always been practiced, which is sacramentally, there are three degrees in holy orders. The episcopate, the priesthood, and the diaconate. So the diaconate, in other words, is part of the, uh, the, the sacrament of holy orders. So, like I said before, the sacrament of holy orders is restricted to men. The diaconate is part of the sacrament of holy orders. Therefore, only men can be ordained as deacons in the Catholic Church. But you might ask, wait a minute. Aren't there deaconesses in the Bible and in the early church? Doesn't that kind of throw down your argument, Salmons? Aren't you just kind of making things up as you go along? I'm glad you ask. No, that's not the case. The fact of the matter is, is that, yes, there was a term, diaconus, used in the, in the New Testament church, but I'll explain what that meant. And in the early church, I'll explain what that meant and why that's not part of the sacrament of holy orders. And so first, for example, let's go ahead and look at Romans 16. This is uh, St. Paul writing to the Romans, and he notes, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a deaconess, the Greek is diakonon, of the church at uh, Sincare, that you may receive her in the Lord as befits the saints and help her in whatever she may require for you, for she has been a helper of many and of myself as well. So Phoebe is called by St. Paul a deaconess. Now, I want to make it clear that the term diakonon here, deacon, diakon, in Greek just simply means servant. It's, it's a term that the church took on, but it had a greater meaning than, meaning than just the sacrament of holy orders deacon. Eventually, it came to be reserved for that in the church. But it's not to say that that the, the, the term meant much more in the Greek-speaking world back then. It just meant a servant. So you could be just a servant at somebody's um, house, and you're going to be called a diaconon, potentially. If you're a slave, do, I think it's doulos. Oh, man, I, my Greek is is comes and goes, to be honest, at my age. I think that's the term, the Greek term for slave. But it could be a diaconon as well. Diaconon, female form of the, of the term of diaconos. And so, yes, Phoebe is called a deaconess. Does that mean then that all of a sudden Phoebe was this ordained deacon uh, 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 of the church? No, it does not mean that. Because we see this a little more clearly in St. Paul's letter to uh, Timothy, his first letter to Timothy. So we'll go to chapter 3 of that. And here he's describing the, 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 the role of the deacon much more in detail. So this is a, a much more important. This isn't just like a throwaway line like about Phoebe. This is describing what deacons are. 
St. Paul writes, deacons likewise must be serious, not double-tongued, not addicted to much wine, not greedy for gain. They must hold the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience. And let them also be tested first. If then they prove themselves blameless, let them serve as deacons. So that description of deacons so far could be men or women. There's nothing about it that, that, that restricts it to, to, to men. However, look at the next line. It says, the women likewise must be serious, no slanderers, but temperate, faithful in all things. So he's saying the women likewise. And so a lot of people debate what does he mean by the women? The the term the Greek term there is not diakonon, it's um gunikos, which is just a term for women. But you'll notice in a lot of Bibles, they will actually have a footnote. A lot of Catholic Bibles too will have a footnote for women, and they will say meaning deaconesses. That's not that that is uh eisegesis, that's not exegesis, that's that's reading into the text. Because then he continues on, St. Paul does, says, let deacons be the husband of one wife, and let them manage their children and their households well. For those who serve well as deacons gain a good standing for themselves and also great confidence in the faith which is in Christ Jesus. So you see clearly here he's describing deacons, and he talks about women. And he goes back to deacons and says they have to be the husband of one wife. Well, clearly, a woman can't be the husband of one wife. St. Paul did not live in the 21st century of transgenderism, so don't go down that path. A lot of people wonder what that line is that he inserts in there about women, and they think it means the wives of deacons, and I think that's a pretty good uh, from context interpretation of what he means, because uh, he says the women likewise, meaning probably the wives of the deacons must also be serious, not slander. So he's talking about deacons, the men, and the women, their wives must also be, you know, good and faithful servants. And then the, and then he goes back to the deacons being husband of one wife. So I think that's pretty clear there that, that women were not deacons. Now, there was a term deacon, diaconess in the early church, and that was women who did serve in the church. But again, the term deacon in Greek is broader than just the, the, the holy orders, the sacrament of holy orders. And so there are no examples, no matter what you may hear, there are no examples of sacramental women deacons in the history of the church. None. No examples of sacramental women deacons in the church. And so I think that we, we, we need to make it clear that the, the priesthood, I'm, I'm sorry, the holy orders is restricted to men alone. And men, women cannot be bishops, they cannot be priests, they cannot be deacons. Now, I will be, I, I do want to be in the interest of fairness. I will want to, I do want to say, some people might try to bring up St. John Paul II and his uh, uh, restriction on the, the sacramental, the sacrament of holy orders to men. However, when he wrote, he did say, he did say, mention priestly ordination. He says, I declare that the church has no authority whatsoever to confer priestly ordination on women, and that this judgment is to be definitively held by all the church's faithful. So, and that was in 1994, Ordinatio He That's when he said that. Notice he does say priestly ordination on women is not possible. That does not mean that he's saying that di diaconal ordination is possible. It's just simply he's restricting his his comments of this. And this is where we get in some problems with understanding how church teaching works. It's not a matter of we wait until a pope makes a definite declaration, then it's church teaching that's infallibly held. That's not how it works. 
what the Pope was doing, what JP2 was doing was he was making it very clear what the church has always taught. In fact, let me go back to that quote real quick. Before he said that, he says it's it's part of the church's divine constitution itself by, oh, I'm sorry, this isn't part of this quote. He, he mentions it earlier. Basically, this is something that has always been held. Men as priests has always been held. He's just confirming because there had been some challenges to it. That's how popes work, is they're, they're more reactionary than anything else. They're, they're basically, the pope is saying, okay, some people are starting to confuse this. I'm going to make it very clear what the church teaches. It doesn't mean the church doesn't teach it before that. And so in the case of w women deacons, there's no examples of sacramental women deacons in the history of church. There's been no support of it, not no push for it. no. And, and so basically that means it's always been held. It, it is an, it's basically an infallible doctrine because the church has always held it. We don't need a pope to say it outright for it to be infallibly held. So just let, let's just make that very clear. Women cannot become deacons. They cannot be ordained in the sacrament of holy orders as deacons. I actually want to make sure that's clear how I said that. Because I said first, women cannot be deacons, but that's actually not true. <laughs> women can be called deacons. In fact, that's what I want to talk about now is break down what I think might actually happen here. Women cannot be ordained to the sacramental uh, order of the diaconate. It doesn't mean they can't start trotting out women wearing diaconal garb or doing things that deacons do. In the modern church, what does a deacon do? It basically, they, they, they serve the bishop, they assist at the liturgy, often they, they, you know, they, they, they are, their duty is to read the gospel. In fact, if you have a deacon celebrating Mass, he has to read the gospel, and he has precedence over the priest or the bishop who might be celebrating. It's the deacon who reads the gospel. And he can preach. A deacon's allowed to preach. Honestly, those things should be, always be restricted, but... I could see a situation in which they have a woman dress up as a deacon, where they even have a little ceremony for her to, to say, now you're in the or of women deacons. They She could assist at the liturgy. She could even read the gospel, heaven forbid, and they could have her preach. None of those things are really um, should should happen, but I could see them doing that all the while never having it claimed that's the sacramental order of deacons, kind of just sidestepping that, because this is how they do things. When I say they, I mean the modernist. Let's be clear about this. I mean the people in the church who are trying to remake the church. They don't just come out and change something that's always been held. They redefine things. We saw that just recently with the whole blessing of same-sex couples. They tried to redefine what blessings are. They tried to make it like, oh, it's not a liturgical action. It's not really doing this or that. Let's just redefine it. We'll call blessings something else. We'll call something else blessings, I should say. And then we'll just say, oh, yeah, it's not the same thing. What are you all complaining about? They do this all the time. This is this is the this is the MO. So I could very well see a situation in which they will gradually include more things for women to do that are what deacons are doing today. And part of that is because I think that they understand holy orders completely as what you do, a job, not what you are. When you're a priest, you don't have a job 
of preaching, of celebrating mass, of running a parish. You might have those tasks to do, of course, but being a priest is what you are. You're in persona Christi. A deacon also has a certain ontological, not quite the same as, as, as the priesthood, but it is an ontological reality when you're ordained a deacon. It changes who you are. Now you're part of the service to the church in a way that a lay person is not. So a deacon is part of the clergy. It's not just he does certain things. Oh, he happens to be the one who, who holds the chalice for the, the priest or something like that, or he, he reads the gospel. That's not, that's not essentially what a deacon is. And so, but but the modernists, they do see these vocations as, as jobs, what people do, not what they are. So they'll just continue to give women the tasks that are that are that are, are have been reserved to deacons. They might even call them deaconesses, but they're not going to be part of the ordained order of the diaconate. And so I would say that as Catholics, we cannot support this. If you have a parish that starts doing this, you need to leave. I mean, I, I know I say this kind of flippantly, and I understand it's not as easy as I might make it, especially if you don't live in a big city where there's lots of options. You live in a rural area where maybe there's only one um, parish available within like an hour. Okay, I, I get it's hard, but you really should not attend a parish where a woman is doing the jobs of a, of, of a deacon. Because what it does is it sends a message. It undermines the actual diaconate without explicitly contradicting it. That's what they do. They undermine the teachings of the church without explicitly contradicting it. I mean, if we don't know this playbook by now, we're not paying attention. And so we can't support that. We cannot support the, the, um, the, the, this kind of pseudo-deaconess, the, the pseudo-diaconate, that women would have. Now, that all being said, now I want to say, like, I think most people who are listening to this are with me on all that. Um, maybe some are not. I pray that, you know, you kind of think about what the, a deacon is and what, what their purposes is. I, I want to get something a little more controversial, maybe not with my audience. I don't know. But that is, this is just another example of the problem of blurring the distinctions between men and women that happen not just among modernists, not just among progressives, but also among conservatives. Your best conservative Novus Ordo parish still often has women, girl altar servers, has women doing the readings, have a, a whole army of women Eucharistic ministers. So you have lots of women up in the sanctuary. That is all simply prep for what we have now, for trying to get women deacons, women priests, women bishops. Because what it does is it subconsciously just seeps in that there's no difference between the men and the women up there. Women can do it just as well as men. Because, I mean, again, if you just look at the holy orders as what you do, then all you care about is how well do you do that? And a woman could preach just as well as a man. You know, I, I would be willing to bet there are women who could preach better than men. St. Teresa of Avila could probably, if she was asked, if she, she you know, had to, could give probably one of the greatest homilies ever given. I would listen to her as well, by the way, forever, if St. Teresa of Avila is preaching about prayer, preaching about spirituality, my goodness. But she would never do it, of course, because she's a saint and she understands that's not her role. 
isn't to get up there and preach during mass. And so we need to resist all the little things that have come before this that undermine the distinctiveness between men and women. Men have very specific roles in the church, and women have very specific roles in the church. Now, the modernists, the liberals, the progressives, the feminists, they want to make it where a uh, it's all about power, that the men have the power in the church, and we don't. Now, that's ridiculous. First of all, in today's church, it's particularly ridiculous because women practically ran, run most parishes. But even historically, it's ridiculous because power is not just simply what what what's your position in the church? Are you at this rank or are you at this rank? That's all that matters. Power is influence over the church. Are you telling me St. Teresa of Avila had no influence over the church? Are you telling me St. Catherine of Siena had no influence over the church? Are you telling me St. Teresa of Lisieux, a girl who spent her whole life in a con or you know, half her life in a convent, her short life, died at the age of 24, didn't have influence on the Catholic Church? Give me a break. And of course, the trump card always, who's had the more influence, what human being has had more, human person has more influence over the Catholic Church than any human person in the history of mankind or womankind or whatever you want to call it, that's the Blessed Virgin Mary. So don't give me this crap that women don't have influence or power in the church. It's different though, and it should remain different because men and women are, are made differently. We're not the same. We're not made to be the same. Men are, are, are made to, to be up there, to lead, to be the spiritual fathers. Women are intended to be spiritual mothers, which is practiced differently. I, I'm, I'm a big believer. I am so fortunate because my parish, we have a, a um, order of nuns attached to it that has such a, a powerful influence over our parish, and it really changes the dynamics. I've never been in a parish before that had an order of nuns attached to it. And I, I didn't know. I didn't know what I didn't know. And you don't know what you don't know if you've never had it happen. It has a huge influence uh, for good, by the way, for great good. And it just gives a motherly influence to to uh, to coincide with the fatherly influence of the priests who run the parish, who are our spiritual fathers. They are an authority over everything that happens. But then you have the 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 the, the sisters who have such a, a, a feminine influence as well. So there are roles, but none of those sisters are going to get up there and want to celebrate the mass or preach or anything like that. They don't need to, but don't tell me they don't have a huge impact on the people in the parish. That's what we need to get back to is we need to be encouraging our, our, our daughters, our sisters to to look into the religious life of a traditional religious orders, ones that embrace these, these proper roles. And I think that's what we really need to do, because when we do that, we have a balance, a balance in church. That's the role of women. They don't need to have the K-9 getting together to talk about the role of women. Just look at how they've had influence in the past. That's what we want to do. So we need to affirm traditional religious orders of sisters. We need to affirm the place of men in holy orders and in the Catholic Church, and only men should be at, in the sanctuary, frankly. They're the only ones who should be at the altar, preaching even reading the, the readings, uh, distributing Holy Communion, only should be the, the, the orders. I realize that's that's a long ways away. I, I know that, you know, King River Eucharist ministers isn't happening tomorrow, or girl altar servers, but it really is something that long-term is needed to reinstate the proper role of men and women in the, in the Catholic Church. Okay, 
I'm going to end it there. I kind of went off there at the end, but I really do think that this, this women deacons is just another infiltration, so to speak, of undermining the true role of men in the church and the true role of women in the church. So I think we really do need to resist it as much as possible. Okay, everybody, until next time, God love you.